The Louisville Cardinals are doing something that they've never done before when they compete in the ACC championship game on Saturday. On today's episode of the Locked on Louisville podcast, we're talking about Jeff Brom's team looking to make a statement in Charlotte against the Florida State Seminoles. With that being said, let's get right on into the show. You are Locked on Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, everyone, to another episode of the Locked On, the Louisville Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. Today's episode brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any $5 winning money line bet. That's a $150 back if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started today. As always, I want to take this time to personally thank you all for making us your first listen of the day. Just a reminder that the Locked On the Louisville podcast is free on all streaming services, five days a week, your team, every day. Well, it is finally championship week. The Louisville Cardinals will square off against the Florida State Seminoles in prime time on Saturday, 8 o'clock, first kick against Florida State down in Charlotte. We're going to talk about what's at stake here. Louisville looking to make that statement. We'll also talk about the Florida State offense. Obviously, no Jordan Travis. Tate Rodemaker is the quarterback for Mike Norvell's team. We'll talk about still how deadly that offense can be. And then we'll talk about the players to watch for for the Cardinals, both on offense and defense. So uh, starting off, the main thing here for Louisville is bouncing back. And we talked about on yesterday's show about how it's not just clear-cut an emotional thing. It's not necessarily just emotional because um, Elkhart's comments, our defense needs to be consistent. That just kind of goes to show you that it's not an emotional bounce back or not just an emotional bounce back. This team really hasn't been playing their best ball over the past couple of weeks. So it's obvious that there is needing to be some sort of a reset, some alteration of potential scheme, personnel, whatever may have you. Obviously, that is a question for Jeff Brom and company to make those decisions on how um, to improve this defense. Uh, But to make matters pretty clear, I mean, it wasn't just a defensive issue on Saturday, although it was, uh, I think a lot can be contributed to that. But I think Louisville just got beaten all three aspects of the game. But we're past that point. It's now about focusing on bouncing back. If you are new to the show, if you have been following the show for a long time, you know that one thing that I like to do when – just beginning to discuss a matchup against a certain team. I like to talk about what is at stake. And for the first time ever, you're having a completely different discussion about what's at stake because you've never played in the ACC championship game at all up until this point. Now, maybe that loss to Kentucky takes away some of the glamour of the conference championship because of you know a top ACC team losing to uh, mid-table SEC squad, although I will contribute a lot of that to um, simply being a rivalry. And I I wouldn't let it take too much of the significance away from this game. But make no mistake about it, there is a lot at stake here. Even though it was a rough regular season finale, there's still a lot at stake. You're 10-2. You have a primetime matchup against a team that is looking to punch its ticket to the college football playoff. Yes, The elephant in the room is that Florida State does not have their star quarterback, Jordan Travis. And like I said on this show multiple times, we wish him the best recovery, um, wish a 
quick, speedy recovery for him. Um, but this is still a Florida State offense that we're going to talk about in the next segment that can still give you problems both on the ground and through the air. So, yes, there is something that needs to be addressed. That is the starting quarterback is out, but you still have a quarterback that has shown that he can go out and win you games. Specifically, he came into the game when Travis got hurt in 2022 and took down the Louisville Cardinals at Cardinal Stadium. Um, so it just goes to show you that he has the talent, went into the swamp, and it wasn't pretty. He didn't have the greatest game, but the Florida State offense did what it needed to do to win. Main thing here, what's at stake, is that Louisville has a prime opportunity to make a statement against Florida State. The table is set. Now, obviously, you don't have any – you're not in contention for a playoff spot any longer, although I would suggest that you probably weren't going to be anyway if you beat Kentucky because I truly felt like Louisville was always going to be on the outside looking in no matter what happened because the Cardinals needed more teams to lose. And I just don't necessarily think they would have been in that discussion too large. So um, main thing for me is that you have a statement, 8 o'clock kickoff, with a good amount of people across the nation watching a conference championship game, a lot of people by default are going to be watching this game because of Florida State, naturally because of the implications that this has on the playoff, right? There's going to be a lot of fans of teams that are on the outside looking in, like Ohio State, potentially Alabama fans, potentially Texas fans, and then you're going to have your other fans that are around there as well, Georgia, Michigan, Washington, Oregon, all the teams that are in contention. There's going to be a lot of focus simply due to the fact that there is a ton riding on this particular game in terms of college football implications. So by nature, you have an opportunity to flip the script. You have an opportunity to go out there and say, whoa, 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 wait a minute. We, we're talking about Florida State in the playoff. Let's relax because, you know, we're here to play as well. Now, Florida State is a less than, I think, at the moment right now, less than – three-point favorite on most sites. I've seen them as high as four and a half. So it's a little bit bouncing back and forth, but Florida State will be the favorite when this game kicks off on Saturday. Um, but you know what happens if you win the game. You, number one, show the nation that, hey, look, we lost to Kentucky Shore, but we turned around and we beat a Florida State team. It's the same thing like Pittsburgh. You have to bounce back and show the country, hey, look, yeah, we lost to a team we're not supposed to. But here we are, and we can contend with any team in the country. We showed it against Notre Dame. We showed it against Duke. We showed it against Miami. And now we're showing it against Florida State. So winning the game, obviously you have a ton of opportunity there in terms of getting that program momentum back, helping with recruiting, helping yourself perception-wise on a national level. If you lose the game, now I'm really under the assumption that Louisville making this game truly is kind of playing with house money in year one under Jeff Brom. I felt like the team... Um, exceeded expectations. I projected them at eight, nine wins. They got to 10 in the regular season now with the possibility to get up to 12. Um, but you're going up against an undefeated Florida State team that even without their star quarterback, very solid opposition. I think if you lose the game, truly it's not the end of the world. It does sting because you started out the season really good and then two back-to-back -back losses before the bowl game takes a little bit of the air out of the sails. I do understand that, but you have to take the context of who you're playing into consideration as well. And I mean, if you lose to a Florida state team that ends up going to the playoff, I, I suppose it it's a matter of if you lose how much you lose by 
right? If you get absolutely blown out on national TV, then you might have a conversation like, man, it's going to take a lot of um, looking in the mirror in this offseason and see how you can prevent that. But if you were to lose by, let's say, less than 10 points, I, I think that that's a respectable effort against a very, very respectable team. And um, I'm not saying that I'm okay with a loss by any stretch of the imagination, but I, I wouldn't necessarily be claiming that the sky is falling. I think that that's just what's at stake uh, from a losing perspective. You lose maybe a little bit of momentum. You might hurt the morale just a little bit. But even then, I, I think everyone is in such a microwave setting in society it's like what have you done for me now let alone what have you done for me this whole season I mean sure you might you would have then lost back-to-back games but you're still 10 and 3 with a great opportunity to probably get to a new year six bowl probably the orange bowl unless for some reason Florida State gets left out of the playoff which a 13 and 0 Florida State even with no Jordan Travis it's it's hard to see them leaving Florida State out unless Michigan wins unless Washington wins and then Alabama upsets Georgia and then we're having a quite different conversations. So uh, for me, that is what's at stake in this contest for the Cardinals. Um, I want to hear from you all in the comment section. Appreciate everyone for joining in to this uh, pretty impromptu live version of the Locked On Global podcast. Leave your comments. Uh, what are your thoughts on this game? What are some questions you may have? Um, I'll give you some time to do that, uh, to think about those questions. Um, we're going to talk about the Florida State offense now because – it has to be said that this is still a dangerous offense, even without Jordan Travis under center. Okay. And we're going to explain to you why that is here momentarily after we talk about our friends over at FanDuel, the title sponsor of the show. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel right now. New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any $5 money line bet. $150 back if your team wins. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide of betting options right now spreads player props over unders and my favorite same game parlays visit fanduel.com slash locked on to kick off the nfl season fanduel is the official partner of the nfl while you're thinking about those questions i also want to take this time to tell you about our friends over at linkedin jobs right now hiring for a small business is pretty challenging linkedin jobs makes it simple go to your profile on linkedin and create your job post with the purple hashtag hiring frame. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals to connect with. And LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, so heading into the second segment of the Locked On Louisville podcast, discussing this Florida State offense, because I feel like there's almost sort of a misconception with this offense that Louisville is going up against. Now, I will say that obviously not having your star quarterback in Jordan Travis, one of the best quarterbacks in the Atlantic Coast Conference, does hinder what you can do as an offense. I am not arguing that whatsoever. What I am saying, however, is that just because he's out doesn't mean that this is some bad offense. Uh, I still think that they're going to try to do what they usually try to do. Tate Rodemaker, the quarterback of Florida State, didn't have the greatest game against Florida on the road, but he did enough to win the contest, 12 of 25, 134 yards, no touchdowns and no interceptions. It was mainly a game in which the Seminoles won with their ground game. Um, but this is still a guy that has shown over the years that he can make the throws. The 6'4 junior from Valdosta, Georgia, 
um, has appeared in multiple games this season. Went 13-23 with two touchdowns against North Alabama, but has played uh, sort of garbage time minutes this season uh, behind Jordan Travis. When he played Louisville, he was 6-10, of 10, had two touchdowns, had the interception, um, and seemingly really just kind of took it to the Cardinals, even though that stat line doesn't really show the full story. But regardless, put the passing attack aside for a second. Now, this is a pretty balanced offense. They do like to pass the ball more. Now, it's going to obviously take a little bit of a hit with no Jordan Travis, uh, just outside of the top 25 passing the ball. Top 70 in rushing. I think that you're going to see an offense on Saturday that try to use tries to utilize the size that Florida State has up front and also utilizing the solid running back tandem that they have. Trey Benson is one of the better running backs in the country. He leads a balanced backfield with 838 yards with 14 rushing touchdowns. That is extremely incredible. He's averaging 6.1 yards per carry, so extremely efficient when he is touching the ball. Right behind him, his backup running back, Lawrence Toafili, 345 yards as the change of pace back for Florida State. Three touchdowns for him. Main thing for me is the efficiency, also 5.8 yards per carry. So both of these guys do a great job when their number is called at making plays happen. So I look for Florida State to do what they did against Florida, and that was try to run the ball and set the tone on the ground as you try to instill confidence in Tate Rotomaker. And as you pick the passing game back up, you have to understand that this is the best wide receiving core that Louisville will go up against all season. They obviously one game after this, but it is the best wide receiving core that you will go up against unless you play Ohio State in a bowl game. And at that point, it's probably unlikely that Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to play in that game anyway. But at this point in time, you have Keon Coleman. Coleman is one of the most electric receivers in the country, projected first-round pick in April. He's probably going to go in the first half of the NFL draft. And then you have a guy like Johnny Wilson, who has been very, very solid um, throughout this season, gave Louisville fits all year last year. Um, he's been extremely solid. You look at what they've done statistically when it comes to passing the ball has to take into consideration. No Jordan Travis, but I mean, Keon Coleman averaging 13.9 yard yards per reception, Johnny Wilson, the player who is what? Six foot seven, six foot eight from California, almost 600 yards to his name. Their top six, seven receivers are all averaging over 10 yards per reception. You have a great tight end in Jaheim Bell, who's been very solid. Ja'Kai Douglas, another wide receiver in that mix. So you have a very dynamic Florida State skill position group led by many multiple players. That It's truly a balanced offense. And you have to understand that even with the quarterback in question, I still think that they're going to be able to achieve a good amount of success. Now, the key here for Louisville is the key every single week. That is getting after the quarterback because Elkards mentions our defense needs to be consistent and that they've been going downhill since Virginia. I think that one thing that we've consistently seen from this defense in the past couple of weeks is that when the pass rush doesn't get home, well, the secondary struggles. And we saw that against Virginia. We saw that against Miami, and we saw that against Kentucky. And if you don't think that we'll see that against Florida State if no changes are made, then, you know, I, I think that this is another opportunity that if you allow the Florida State receivers to um, 
Rob Falter says other Florida State fans, other than Florida State fans, the rest of the country will be rooting for Louisville. I, I would agree with that. I think that that's pretty true. I think that that's spot on, especially those teams that are in playoff contention. Um, back to what I was saying, if you allow Keon Coleman and Johnny Wilson to get open in space, then they're going to burn you down the field. These are really tall receivers that have that second level of deceptive speed that can give you um, some big-time plays. We saw it against LSU. We saw it against Clemson. We've seen it all year long, and it's going to be an extremely huge mismatch out wide because of the size that Florida State has, and that's no disrespect to Louisville. That's just how good the Florida State Seminoles have a wide receiving core that can utilize that size to their advantage. And then you have a tight end, Jaheim Bell, very athletic um, tight end transfer from South Carolina a season ago. He's very, very solid. Um, overall, my point here that I'm trying to get across is that, yes, is the Florida State offense going to take a little bit of a step back with no Jordan Travis? Well, of course they are. That's to be expected. What I'm also trying to say is that you should not overlook this team. And maybe you're not because they have a good defense, but definitely don't overlook their offense because their offense has a ton of key skill guys that can really, really uh, take the top off a of defense. And it's going to be critical that this Louisville defense, in turn, number one, gets after the quarterback. This is a Florida State um, offensive line that gives up about – just under two sacks a game, 45th in the country. I'm sorry, 46th in the country. Uh, they give up less sacks per game than Louisville does, so pretty impressive offensive line statistics. They need a linebacker play to be better. Um, can't miss many tackles, especially out in the flat, and they also have to do a good job of, um, number one, limiting the big plays, which has sort of been the mantra over the past couple of weeks is stopping the big plays that you've been giving up. So that, for me, is the main thing for the Cardinals in this performance, getting after the quarterback and limiting the big plays. But final segment, we'll be addressing the players to watch for. For the Cardinals, there are two offensively, and then there is a position group on the defensive side. And we'll get into that here second or here in a second. Um, like I said, this will be the final segment of the show, so please leave any comments that you may have, any questions you want answered, I'll answer them at the end of the show, before we get into the final segment, I want to tell you about a great opportunity with our friends over at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. It's you against the numbers. You pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. For me, the main thing is the combo projections across football and basketball. So, one thing you can do is take LeBron James and Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combo of three-pointers made and receptions. No other platform utilizes that. My favorite thing about prize picks is the reboot policy. So literally, if one of your players gets injured in the first half, doesn't come back in the second, then that player gets rebooted. Look, prize picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform that does that. So utilize that. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college. Use the code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Once again, prizepicks.com slash locked on college using the code locked on college for $20. Um, or I'm sorry, for a first deposit match up to $100. Sorry, completely looking at the wrong um, thing on the screen. But nonetheless, final segment of this live episode of the Locked On the Louisville podcast. We're talking about players to watch for the Louisville Cardinals. 
Uh, offensively speaking, I think that it's two guys. And the only reason that I think it's two guys is because I don't necessarily know who is going to get the most carries. Obviously, by that, you can understand that it is Jawar Jordan and Isaac Garendo, Florida State's rushing defense. Um, not great, but not pedestrian either. I would say that it's above average to good 45th in the country, allowing just over 140 yards per contest. Jawar Jordan bounced back a little bit. Obviously, he's still not fully healthy, as you can tell, but he got two rushing touchdowns last week against Kentucky. Isaac Garendo has really been succeeding in the amount of opportunities that he's been given. So offensively for me, those two are the players that I am watching for on this Cardinals offense because with the solid pass rush that Florida State has led by Jared Verse and company, I look for Louisville to try to set the tone at the line of scrimmage like they usually do. If they're able to run the ball effectively, I think that number one, it allows you to control the game at your own pace. Number two, it allows the pass to play off of the successful running game. So for me, like I said, two players here. Maybe I'm cheating talking about players to watch. I don't give a damn. Um, it's the two running backs. I don't necessarily know what the status of Jawar Jordan is. Jeff Brom and company do a great job of keeping injury news extremely close to vest. So it's really hard to truly um, understand uh, how healthy or not healthy he is. But Isaac Garendo, regardless, I think is going to play some sort of a role in this contest. So the main thing for me offensively is that I'm looking to get this ground game going. And it's led by Jordan and Garendo. The Cardinals need both of them to have solid performances against a Florida State team that has a very, very stingy defense. So speaking of defense, going to the other side of the ball for Louisville, I think that it's pretty clear the player to watch for, I guess you could say the position to watch for, is the secondary. The secondary has really not been all that great since the Virginia Tech game. Um, they struggled against Virginia. They struggled against Miami. And they struggled against Kentucky to make uh, to stop plays down the field. Receivers running wide open. Now maybe that is uh, more so a byproduct of not getting the pass rush home. But guys are running pretty much wide open. So I'm interested to see what changes Jeff Rom, Ron English, Mark Hagen make to this Cardinals defensive scheme to try to combat um, you know what's been going wrong the past couple of weeks, and also to sort of uh, do what you can to keep in check this electric Florida State wide receiving course. So it's the secondary for me. It's whoever's playing in the back half of the defense. I think that the main way that Florida State could really blow this game open is if you allow them to make big plays throwing the ball down the field. I trust the Cardinals rushing defense for the most part. Now, granted, they gave up some big-time plays, um, The more specifically the the run to Ray Davis at the end of the game for the go-ahead touchdown. But um, – for the most part, I think that the rushing defense isn't the largest problem here. It's more so the passing defense, and if the secondary can at least hold their own and not allow guys to run wide open um, in the second level of the defense, then you have a good shot against the Seminoles. So for me, it's the whole secondary. Whether you want to go with a certain player, it, the thing about it is, is this defense is so well-balanced. So – a problem in the defense is going to be the, the blame is going to be on more than one player. And oftentimes it's never really on one player to begin with, but it, the blame is going to be on more than one player. So for me, it's going to go with a position group. It's going to go with the secondary for me. Um, so I think offensive players to watch for Jawar Jordan, Isaac Garendo defensive is the entire secondary. Um, 
But that's all I got for this episode of the show. I want to thank you all again for tuning into this live episode of the Lockdown Global Podcast. Looking to do more live episodes so you all have a chance to interact in the comments. Um, if you're listening to this or watching this afterwards, uh, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for making Lockdown Global your first listen every day. Um, we're going to have a little bit of a different um, approach this week in terms of content. We're obviously going to uh, preview, continually preview this matchup against Florida State. We're also going to talk about a commitment that Louisville got last week. We're going to talk about some high school recruiting news. We're going to talk about the transfer portal because it officially opens up next week for underclassmen, but it's opened up for Ivy League players, D2 players, grad transfers, etc. So going to be a lot of different um, topics on this week's editions of the Lockdown Louisville podcast. Appreciate you all for tuning in, but everyone have a great day. We'll see you right back here very soon. Go cards.